Welcome back to Nail Babe Pod, a podcast dedicated to interviewing the nail babes of the nail world. I'm your host, Abe the Nail Babe, a full-time nail influencer turned podcaster. This week, my nail babe is Christina, the founder and CEO of La Mini Macaron Gel Polish. You have seen them in Target, in Ulta, Sephora. Of course, you've seen them on my Instagram in such viral videos as The Pool Nails. I'll link that down below for your viewing pleasure. In this episode, we get into the backstory and the origin of Le Mene Macaron, what it's like getting your products into Target, being an international brand, and even presenting on QVC. But without any further ado, oil those cuticles and lotion your hands and welcome Christina to the pod. I'm so excited to welcome Christina from Le Mini Macaron Gel Polish. You know her from my Instagram. Well, you know her brand from my Instagram. <laughs> I use their gel polish from viral pool nails that I've been doing, turned into every other color combination. You've seen them in Target and now Ulta. So welcome. Thank you. Hi, Abe. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yay. Okay. This is exciting. Okay. I, how did the brand name get Lemony Macaron? How did you end up there? Because I feel like you have a very beautiful branding, like Parisian, the macaron, the little mini lamp is so iconic and cute. Thank you. So I'm a Francophile since I was 12 years old and my okay. mother made me take French class. Hmm. And then um, my ex-boyfriend, who's my business partner, I don't know if you know this, but he's French. Oh, okay. Yes. So we made a whole TikTok about how I started a brand with my ex. Oh. And he wasn't very happy about it. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> my marketing team was like, the marketing team was like, you have to do this. People want to hear this kind of story. Um, but yeah, no, he's um, French. So we have this French American. I would say we're our, our baby, Le Mini Macron, is a third culture kid, being mm. it's like half French, half American. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we bring a lot of French into what we do. Um, so it started because, so, you know, you know, our brand, our main product is the gel manicure kit, the little device, which is a mackerel shaped LED light, and it cures your, your nails and your gel. Um, the device is shaped like the famous French macaron. And so when we started, we were thinking of names and yeah, I mean, the product was designed looking like that. It's very recognizable. So we were like, let's make something really cute. It was very bakery themed in the early days. You know, we were playing around everything bakery, like mackerel flavors were the names of our shades. Mm-hmm. So that whole, there was a whole universe there, but definitely the French. So the lamp Macron came before mm-hmm. the name? I mean, we launched the brand in 2015. Okay. So it was like January, 2015. We were making the packaging the year before. So it was like 2014. Okay. Um, I think we, yeah, I think we first were designing the little lamp and we knew it was going to be a macaron shape. And then we were like, it just kind of popped up. We're like the mini macaron rolled off the tongue. So yeah, yeah. they just like all made sense. (laughs) Yeah. It just sort of came together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what were, what were you doing before? Like, how did you go into like nail polish and creating like a nail polish brand? Also the choice to like do gel, right. Versus like Mm -hmm. a regular polish. There's not Mm -hmm. as many, I would say you're probably, are you the only gel polish in Target? Do you know? 
or the first or the most um, popular at least. Yeah, I think um I think we're the only one. Yeah. Back in the day there were, you know, there's bigger pro kits, but um we're yeah. the only one now, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, like gel has had many lives, you know, mm. in the last sort of 10, 15 years. But how did we start? So I don't come from a beauty background. Okay. Actually, Francois comes from a beauty background. So it's very funny because people tend to think that I'm the one that has that, you know, as part of my experience, but it's mm. really him. Um, I used to work in advertising and marketing and branding. So all of that. And I worked with like creatives as well. And so that sort of world of making creative ads, you know, back in the day, it was like print ads for magazines or like at home. Mm -hmm. um, we were doing that. And I lived in New York for a long time. Like I went to school in New York okay. and came from the agency world. Then I moved to Shanghai. So I lived in Shanghai for 10 years and was working also in events and experience marketing. And then I met Francois, who was actually coming from the nail industry. That's very funny because he's the one, yeah. like he knows everything about nails. Like he oh, can cool. talk to you deeply about like, you know, <laughs> poly gel, mm. <laughs> nail drills, you know, I mean, like, you could just go. Yeah. Yeah. If you're interested in that, you know. Yeah. We'll have to get him on part two. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. So, so, then, yeah. so you met Francois and mm -hmm. then he introduced you to nails and then you're like, oh wait, this is let's combine our passions and like make the brand. Like how did you come to nail polish? So we met up, I was wanting to leave corporate. Okay. Um, I'd been in corporate, you know, my, my whole career. And I was like, I just don't know if I want to go down the marketing path further. I guess I could be a marketing director. Mm. Um, I was living in Shanghai, you know, so I was kind of thinking, what do I want to do next? Um, I started to work half time for the company. So that's really good because I know you have some listeners who are like, I want to leave corporate. Maybe I want to do creation, content creation like full time. I think a really good thing for people to do is like try to keep a little bit of your income stream, you know, and maybe like do half time and, and start to dabble. So I was doing half time and the rest of the time I was sort of exploring things and I met him and he had started his own business. And he actually, being French, had been working with a French company. And he knew all about like just nail products. Like he was doing a lot of purchasing of nail products around Asia, mm -hmm. you know, sending it back to, to France. And there were brands there that he was working with. So um, we sort of like combined, you know, me coming from a marketing and branding and, and, you know, more also working with designers and graphic designers and that side of things with he knew where to source the products he knew about gel, you know, he, he's actually very experienced, like nail was his forte. So he like was purchasing every type of nail product, like pro items, consumer items, nail art, accessories. I mean, it runs the gamut, like he has deep knowledge about the category. So, you know, we combine sort of my marketing creative design stuff with his manufacturing supply chain product development, and then just like the nail category. So bringing it together, and then wanting to do, so I was doing a lot of gel manicures at salons. Okay. So back in the day, like I would go every two or three weeks to the salon, get my mani done. Cause I had a corporate job. So I needed like my finished mani all the time. Um, couldn't have like raggedy looking nails. So I really <laughs> wanted to always just like yeah. be polished, you know? Mm. And, um, but what I really hated about, like, I loved, 
you know, really shiny, perfect nails, the cleaned up cuticles, but I really hated going in. Like, I don't know. I I don't love spa and these types of experiences. I feel like I just want to get it done. So, um, I, you know, I'd be there, I'd be waiting around and then, you know, it's nice. You have it for like two, three weeks. It's great. But then we have to get it removed. You have to go back because back in the day, you just didn't have these at home removal solutions. So I didn't like the whole routine and he knew about these products. So he was having me test products and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And kind of combining, you know, I was the consumer and then he knew how to make these products. And we're like, let's make products. I mean, we weren't setting off to create a whole brand. We were very naive and we're like, let's make some products and maybe we can just produce and ship a container from China and sell products to other people. It was really like, like that, you know? Um, so that's how we kicked it off, I would say. And then, yeah. So then you were, how did you transition now to this like huge brand, like in Target and all these places, like from that, you were just like, let's just try this experiment. Like what Yeah, do you go from um, there? It's, it's interesting. Cause you see a lot of brands these days that maybe have only been around like two years or five mm. years, you know, and they just grow really quickly. Yeah. I didn't realize you had been around for a while. Yeah. yeah, we so so January is our birthday month. So January 2015, we launched on Kickstarter. If you remember, oh yeah, what that is like crowdfunding. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, early days we did Kickstarter. I did like three campaigns in two years. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. But Kickstarter is interesting because you kind of it takes you like from A to Z in terms of launching product. You know, doing marketing packing shipping you know producing you know sales and, customer satisfaction and were you just like putting that on facebook like what was the social media at that time how were you promoting it it was facebook okay, yeah. yeah and like email like emailing okay. your friends and <laughs> harassing them to contribute yeah. to the campaign okay. um, no we yeah it was i mean their instagram was like so it was so early you know mm. it existed but it wasn't really a marketing channel in this in yeah. this way that it is now facebook was really the medium so yeah we had the campaign um facebook was the promo channel i think you could run facebook ads a little bit back then i don't know so it was like 2015 yeah so the brand will be 9 years old coming this january and a lot has happened in this time. I mean, it's it was not an overnight success. Like, I think we've had many iterations of our company, how we work on things. But like early days, we used to, as we were living in Shanghai, we would try to find people who would help us sell in different countries, like international okay. distributors. So we sort of started that way. We had the Kickstarter. We did some like e-com business, you know, selling online. But I wasn't living in the US. So it's like quite hard if you're not on the ground, right? Like, I think a lot of people who start brands, they'll kind of start with their like friends and family, their neighborhood, right? Like just geographically, you kind of just get the people around you excited and you maybe do a local event, but we were, you know, international. And so we had to do everything digitally. We would go to like exhibitions and look for clients. So um, yeah, it's been a long journey. Okay. So you were trying to sell in the US market or were you trying to do more in Asia, Shanghai? Yeah. So in the beginning, we we did everything. It was like okay. a bit ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, we were everywhere. Like we sold in okay. Sephora China, which like, oh. I, I mean, it just didn't work. Like they have 200 stores. You know, I mean, if you want to succeed in a retailer like Sephora, no matter where you are, you really have to invest a lot into marketing and you really mm. need to understand the consumer. And, you know, we both speak Chinese and we were living in Shanghai, but we, you know, I don't read Chinese and 
I mean, to like market to the Chinese consumer and the influencers, they call them key opinion leaders in China, like the KOLs over there. Yeah. Influencers are called KOLs, key opinion leaders. Um, And, you know, you just have to spend like millions just like, you know, China's kind of like the US. You have to spend millions just to get some. I'm sure some awareness, right? So yeah, um, yeah. Early days, we were like doing stuff in China. We were also, you know, trying to do an e-commerce business in the U.S. But you know, you need a lot of different things. Like just as a nail color brand, you just need a lot of colors. Like you need to be regularly launching nail colors, right? Like probably every month, just mm. to stay, you know, ahead of the curve. So we certainly weren't doing that. So it was hard to kind of get it really taking off. Um, we had like international distributors that so they would help us, you know, launch in different countries. So that was good because we were making money. We were selling products. Um, I would say it didn't build the brand in a key market like the U.S. because obviously it was like in another place. But um, but it's okay. You know, that's how we started. And then we were a bit all over the place because we, I always tell him like, we're too global for our own good because mm. we like to just be in every country. So we were like launching in Canada, launching in Dubai, launching in Taiwan. It was just all like, literally all over the world. And then we were flying to do these events and it was very fun, but that's not sustainable. You know, like we launched in Sephora Middle East, but they have like two stores. So it doesn't make sense to just fly there to like be in two stores and you're not prepared to like market in that, that area. Yeah. So it was very, it was very all over the place. Um, but it was fun, you know, like we, we traveled a lot and, you know, so we had a team that started in Shanghai and we created, and it was like expats and local Chinese, but also like international people. And then in 2017, we were getting a bit tired of China. So we um, decided like, hey, let's just go to Spain. Like it was very random. <laughs> like people, because I'm in Barcelona. And people are like, why are you oh. in Barcelona? I'm like, yeah, I was like, well, I didn't really want to be well, You're currently US. right now in Barcelona? I'm in, yeah, I'm in Barcelona. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know. So I'm here. Yeah. So where did you think I was? I don't know. Like I was like New York, LA. I wasn't sure. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people think that I am in the U S you know, quite a bit for work, but, um, I live here and, um, you know, the team is here. So we're mostly here. We do have some people like Holland is in the U S she's in Holland who works with us is in the U S. Um, and we have a couple other people, but yeah, most of the people are here. And yeah, we just decided like, not gonna, you know, I didn't want to go back to the US. I think, you know, we were just like, where could we go? Europe is nice, because it's sort of in the middle of Asia, Mm. as in the the US, like, back in those days, like we started working with Ulta.com in 2017. And like, we do conference calls, like with, they're in Illinois, and I'd be in Shanghai, I have to wait till like 8, 9pm. And, you know, you're trying to talk to a buyer and you're just exhausted. Yeah. So the time difference was not making sense. So, yeah, it's better in Europe. So we're in the middle. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I guess that makes sense if you yeah. started, like, in Asia now. Like, I guess I'm just, like, so, like, American. <laughs> I'm just, like, everything is just here. Like, I don't realize that, like, like yeah. global company, like, all having to talk to all these, like, all these places. So Yeah. Well, I think now, like, post-COVID, there's so much mm. um remote work and people are in different places i heard you're gonna move down to the, the city down to new york city <laughs> yeah yeah that's the plan yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think like people are kind of on the move you know and there's yeah. a lot of people who are on the move internationally just because like sure. now they kind of can more so it's definitely a more remote and digital world yeah 
How I guess um, I didn't ask about like is how was it like starting this with your ex? Was he your ex or did you start it together? I thought and you were then... gonna ask me that. I know I should have asked. That's really um, <laughs> that's the tea. Funny. Yeah, yeah, that's the tea. Um, it's like it's challenging, you know. Like I don't okay. recommend working with really? your partner. Like I just don't recommend <laughs> it. Like I have friends that come to me and they're like, "I want to quit my thing and start a thing with my husband." I'm like, don't do that if you care about your relationship. Uh-oh. If you care about your marriage, like, don't do that. Because yeah. um, you started really it while hard. you were together? Yeah. Like, we okay. dated for six months. Then we started working together. Um, so we've always really known each other as, like, business partners also. Oh, okay. um, I mean, we're not compatible from a relationship standpoint. <laughs> um, but, like, but we stayed together much longer because of the business, you know? And yeah. um yeah, I mean, we're very complementary, I would say, in terms of skill sets. But, like, communication is very, you know, he's very French. I'm very American, okay. if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> it's very opposite. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we have complementary skill sets, but there are challenges, you know. And, yeah. you know, if you're exes, I think a lot of people who are exes and still do a business, for most people, I think it's really hard, you know. Mm. Like, you have to work through it. So, mm. but... Well, it seems like it's going well. <laughs> You're like, stay yes, over there. I'm yes. going to be over here running this. Like. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. That's exactly, yes. Um, no, it's, your, it generally it's good. Yeah. yeah. You each take your own yeah. skill set, like the things you're good at. And <laughs> exactly. And we just kind of like divide and conquer. But so how did you, I guess the original marketing was just like at home gel manicure. Mm-hmm. Do it yourself. Like that's. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's it was still always your like. Yes. Like, um, I mean, these days our thing is like, it's a 15 minute gel manicure, you know? I mean, if you're going to go speed and like really get it done, if you want to be really perfect and try to get it, you know, I would say maybe it's like 20 to 30 minutes, but in general, the marketing we go out with is like, we're 15 minute gel mani. You can like really get it done quickly. Because it's also the the base and top coat and the color are all in one. It's a one Mm -hmm. step process. basically. So one step, like three in one formula. Um, so that's really convenient because you yeah. really just need that little bottle, your, your nail file, you know, your lamp. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we are about the 15 minute DIY Manny. It's really been interesting since COVID because people were just at home. And I mean, a lot of people, I think that you talked to, they started becoming creators during COVID. Is it COVID boredom? <laughs> Yeah, I tell you, I've listened to pretty much every episode at this oh, point. I think I'm missing like one episode, but okay. um, no, it's cool. Like I think COVID boredom, you know, a lot of people got mm. into it. And from our side, a lot of um, new customers discovered us because they needed to get their nails done and yeah. like, you couldn't really get anywhere. And, um, and people were willing to like practice and take time. And, you know, they were kind of like a captive audience. Um, couldn't run around to get places. So that was cool. Like we had a lot of people, you know, discover us and then um, they're like, wow, this is really easy. Like once you get the hang of it, you know, because if you're a first time user, you probably like yeah. paint it on too thick. You know, that's like, that's our number one issue. Like people just paint it on too thick. Okay. And like you got to do really thin layers, you know. I was, um, and That was yeah. one of the things I was like wondering how if you ran into problems like this or like how you educate people that it is different than like a regular mm-hmm. polish, obviously. Mm-hmm. If you have like specific, definitely, yeah. definitely. I think um, that's something that, like, even just recently, like right before I jumped on here, I was talking to some of our marketing team, and we're like, "How do we level up education? How do we mm-hmm. like work around just like first time user error, right? Because like most people know nail polish. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? But yeah. gel is 
another, you know, level and um, there's a little bit of a learning curve, right? So we definitely want to do more videos. Um, we want to, we, we do a lot of videos of like how to apply, right? Like one, two, three, it's got to look like this. Yeah. But now we're like, let's make videos about what you're doing wrong. Like, let's just show videos of it looks too thick. This yeah. is what it looks like if you're, this is what it looks like if you cured it and it's too thick. So that's what we're talking yeah. about these days. We're like, let's go. And, you know, with TikTok, that stuff is really interesting. You know, what are you doing wrong? Let's show that. Mm-hmm. Versus like the constant, this is so perfect. This per- is how yeah. the best application. So we're going to try a different angle, I think. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I was gonna, I was asked, thinking about, you were talking about like the different marketing in like Middle East versus like Asia. I don't know if there are how it was in the beginning versus now too of like trying to market to these different countries and regions that probably don't have the same relationship with nails that other people oh, do. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah, I think different consumers internationally, you know, for example in the Middle East, I think a lot of people go to the salon like it's just okay. really part of the culture. Asia as well. Like, you know, I think um salons are very very affordable and just you know, it's like, yeah, it, they're, they're everywhere, you know? Mm. Um, I think in the U.S. it might depend on where you live, if a salon is like affordable and accessible or not. Yeah. Um, a lot of places, I think suburbs and, and whatnot, even larger cities, it's quite expensive, you know, to get a gel manicure done. So that's where we come in. We're like, hey, you know, we can teach you um gel you know i used to say like when do people do gel is it like when you're going to prom you know or like i mean not everyone goes to prom but like is it when you're like splurging for a fancy event but actually you know it doesn't have to be a splurge like you can you can have a gel manicure you know and it's gonna make you it's like a pick-me-up you'll feel nice if you have polished nails you'll feel polished right i mean that is like you can't get a gel like finish without gel like it's just like the shine the like thickness the yeah. like the feeling of mm-hmm. it is something different and like if you've never experienced mm-hmm. it like people don't appreciate that it actually is like something different yeah. yeah yeah it's it's a completely different texture you know it cures under a light yeah. right so also it's, it's so really, convenient yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so do you do like you do both and you're used yeah. to doing both like well, yeah i remember because I, I did get like it was i think it was like one of the first like PR brands was just like, it was a gel brand. They like sent me stuff and I was like, I don't know. I'll just like do what I normally do. I look back right. at the videos so thick. <laughs> like it was mm-hmm. like, cause I applied it like regular polish and I tend to apply thick for regular polish, yeah. but, and it would like, I was so thick that like it tightened my C curve too. Cause it kind of like drooped down. Cause I have a really mm-hmm. strong C curve anyway. Mm-hmm. So it did, I just kind of mm-hmm. taught myself in like watching okay. YouTube videos and like, Okay. Seeing how that was bad. <laughs> and just yeah. one thing that I say when I tell people about if they're first time using gel, I almost think of it as like putting on the polish and then scraping the polish off the nail with the brush. Like literally mm-hmm. try to pull off all the polish and then you'll mm. be good. Just like a super, super thin that. layer. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great angle of like communication. It, it's hard because I think that's not what they expect. Right. You know? I'm like, you want the brush and your nail to be pretty much transparent. It's almost like nothing's on there. And that's counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is like, because I feel like everyone here is like, yeah, gel, super thin. Yeah, yeah, I got it. (laughs) But then when you're doing Mm -hmm. it, it's you're like, wait, I'm not doing super Mm -hmm. thin. Like, this seems wrong. But so, but it's like after you do it two or three times, like paint your nail 
two or three nails, mm-hmm. like I think it's pretty easy and self-explanatory. Like once you get going, it's you'll people will get it. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get the hang of it. I was doing an event at Ulta recently and you know, we're in front of like new consumers. And I, I like if I'm in front of a consumer or customer, like I paint the first nail for them. And okay. I'm like, this is what the brush looks like. This is what it's like on your nail. Cure it. I like them to touch it. Because they're yeah. like, oh my God, it's dry. Like people really don't expect that. Yeah. And then I say, now you do the next nail. And I stand there and they always do it too thick. Like literally if I'm standing next to them and then they still do it too thick. So here's where I'm like, okay, education, more education is really, really important. Yeah. yeah. It's also like hard. <laughs> it's like they teach people, but then it's like, are people watching the video? Like, are they actually paying attention? <laughs> no, I don't think people watch hard. videos. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they just... <laughs> I think like when I buy like electronic product, yeah. I just open it. It's like, read Man. this first. I'm like, meh. And then you just plug it in and you know, it's not working. So yeah, yeah I mean, nobody watches videos. Yeah. So it's very, I guess very that's difficult. a, yeah, it's just a common, yeah. a human nature. <laughs> totally. Yeah. We do, we're, too, we're too impatient. Like we just want yeah. to use it. But it is, yeah. I do think the actual, like having the single nail lamp is better for beginners because you can't, the polish won't like droop off the nail mm-hmm. and like start to flood. Like you just put it, once mm-hmm. you paint it, you, you're curing it and it's done. Like you don't have time to yes. like do all the nails and then wait to the thumb. And then it's like all spilling over. So I do right, think it is right. actually better for beginners. Yeah. Yeah. The beginner totally, because it's like you've painted it, you go straight into the lamp and I always tell them like one by one, like don't paint yeah. five and then cure one by one. Just, Go, you know, paint and cure, paint and cure. Yeah. And yeah, it's great to hear you say this because I'm like, you really know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I love hearing that because usually I don't hear that. So, okay. Yeah. But yeah. like once, yeah. Yeah. Once you like, once you know, you know, like it's mm-hmm. clear that you guys, and it's here, it's interesting to hear that your partner had like that experience in gel because it's clear that mm-hmm. you have like knowledge experience and like really strong branding, which like is like mm-hmm. perfect. <laughs> match in a brand so right right yeah no i think um yeah you need the both sides but i mean the first time he gave me a a gel product to try he was like test this it was the first time i was painting it by myself and i had been to the salon and i did it too thick and i was like this thing is crap this is defective he's like this is not defective like you're not using it correctly i'm like no (laughs) yeah even me like back in the day yeah yo i was gonna ask like now that you're teaching people, you had to learn about all these things and how to like do it properly and teach. Mm-hmm. Like, how was that? You learned from your yeah. partner. It's hilarious. I mean, well, so yes, he says, you're almost like a pro nail tech. I'm like, yeah, it's funny because I've been through so many years of having to take people through it. You know, I, when there's new product evolutions, I talk to our, you know, chemists and supply chain people. So for someone who's never been certified, yeah, I'm probably the closest to it. But then I don't know really <laughs> advanced stuff, right? Like, mm. if you wanted to talk to me about, like, I don't know, like, hard gel, poly gel. I mean, I don't know that no. stuff, you know. And, like, yeah. but our team starts to get into it, right? So we have some people on our team who never did nails before, like, especially our social team. Um, mm. They never did nails before, and now they're addicted. And then they do a lot of acrylics, you know, so then they can kind of, like, change it up all the time. And they are very funny because like one of our social media people, Nikki, she's like, I just bought my first nail drill. <laughs> I'm like, you bought a nail drill? Like, 
it's so funny. She's like, I just got, I'm so excited, you know, like for removal and stuff. And I was like, you're hilarious. Advanced. Yeah. So, yeah. Like they're really like, um, just, they've become so advanced. Yeah. You know? So well, also yeah. not to like keep trying to convince people to use gel, but like it makes like <laughs> nail art, like it, this it is a completely different thing. Like it makes nail art super easy. Like it doesn't dry up. Like you can, uh, right. there's so many things. Like once you get into it, I feel like my mind is just like, oh, so many things like gel, like it's just, it yeah. is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You can control the process more. Right. Cause then you can like you, you, it dries when you want it to dry. You're not having to like race against time and just like yeah. see paint. So um, yeah, it's definitely different to work with. I know like in nail salons, techs, like to use gel like when people request nail art they love using a gel it's just yeah. so much easier to work with right yeah yeah so but in the nail community like do you feel a lot of people use gel or is it like a mix because there's a lot of polish brands you know yeah there's definitely a lot of polish and i think people are scared of gel just because mm -hmm. they've heard of people removing it the wrong way and like using mm -hmm. a drill into the nail. Whereas mm -hmm. you don't need to do that. You just scuff mm -hmm. the top cop coat and let it soak and leave it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But also I think a lot of the people that <laughs> paint their nails 10,000 times a day, like we're like, I don't, mm -hmm. <laughs> why well, don't need gel? Like I'm just going to redo it. But right. it is a, once you're into it, there is a different technique that actually is beneficial if you're going to use mm -hmm. gel for like nail art and things. So I just, mm -hmm. I like having the option. Like I mm -hmm. want the different yeah. techniques, the different ways of using it. So I appreciate that there are brands that are giving us gel and easy and in target. Like I want to hear about this. Like <laughs> I feel like that is, the was that like a goal from the beginning? Like what, did you ever picture yourself in target or were you thinking more like direct to consumer? Like what? Mm -hmm. How was that originally like ideated, I guess? Um, well, to be honest, I don't think I was like, let's be in Target. You know, I don't think I had that like retail goal. Okay. Um, I guess like, yeah, we did like D2C e-commerce, yeah. you know, and then we've worked with different retailers. Like we've worked with like Urban Outfitters and Nordstrom, you know, we've worked with Ulta for a while, but Target, like their beauty assortment, you know, they really stepped up. Like if you mm -hmm. ask me... Five years ago, I think Target it was so different, you know. And then they now have the Ulta like shop and shop at Target. Have you seen the Ulta stores that are inside Target? No. Okay, so that's kind of a newish initiative. It's maybe been around for a year or so. Okay. I don't know how many we stores. Just like, got a Target in my hometown. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> like just well, last year. Okay. Are you like what? What city are you? Well, uh, right now I'm in Maine. Okay. So it's like okay. a very small target. I feel like it's like okay. not even they do have Lumini Macaron, but Ooh. I don't know. I yeah, I was like, that's a must. But like it seems like they don't have it's not like one of the super targets or whatever. Like it doesn't, it's like okay. very minimal. Okay. You'll notice if there's an Ulta inside, because it's yeah. like this huge area that's like blocked off and it's Ulta branded. And like you can use your Ulta loyalty points. Like if you shop there, you can use like your Ulta and Target loyalty points. It's like double points. Um, but yeah, then they started rolling that out. It's like they just really Target really upped the beauty game, you know, they yeah. especially like with COVID, right? I mean, that's kind of one of the things is like a lot of retailers were closed during COVID. But Target was essential because they, maybe because of pharmacy. I, I don't know yeah, like why like they were essential, but they were yeah. open. Yeah, like yeah. they had everything and I guess grocery. So they were always open and they didn't have to shut down. And so when they saw that uptick with their business, they um, just like, 
yeah, they just like really leaned into it. And I was like, okay, well, beauty, people just got so into beauty during mm-hmm. COVID much more, you know, and like the self-care and the wellness. And then a lot of categories like exploded, like hair care exploded, nail exploded. So it was really interesting. And I think, um, so I guess coming back to your question, like maybe Target wasn't on my like vision board, <laughs> yeah. but they were so different back in the day. So I don't know, like during kind of during right after COVID, we, you know, some conversations opened up like with them and they were really keen. And so we're like, okay, let's, let's try it out. So we had a little test at the end of 2021. Um, we had like a display, like an end cap display at the end of the aisle. That was really fun because we had all our branded, you know, pink display items. And then, yeah, I just kind of, we just rolled out, you know, in more stores and then that kind of kept going. So it's been really nice. I think they're a great retailer to work with just, you know, best in class in a lot of things. And um, they're from Minneapolis. So everybody who works there is like super friendly, like, oh. you know, I mean, Ulta's <laughs> yeah. the same because Ulta's also Midwestern. So okay. like everyone we work with is super friendly. So mm-hmm. that's really, it's really nice. Yeah. So they reached out to you? So with Target, there's a lot of people um, who are middle, kind of okay. middle, like brokers, you know? Yeah. So we got reached out by a broker okay. and it, we were in a category that a lot of people were keeping an eye on because, you know, kind of at home, like at home nail became really big, um, nail care, nail color, and then gel specifically just became really big. So um, we, a broker reached out to us and that's how the conversation opened up. And we're like, huh, like we... We thought about Target like back, you know, a couple years before, but it didn't seem like the obvious partner, you know, but I think they really, you know, just changed up their approach and really wanted to be a beauty. They like to be kind of like product discovery, like beauty brand discovery, mm-hmm. you know, so like these kind of like brands that maybe are from TikTok or like these like indie brands or, you know, more like Gen Z brands that are a little bit unexpected that can kind of, you know, also just not under bring in younger consumers. And yeah, so it was, we were very fortunate, I would say. I do feel like Target is that like fun and exciting and like trendy and mm-hmm. like branding. So like, it does make sense mm-hmm. that I guess you guys are there too now, but like, yeah, I just feel like Target is like the best <laughs> like retailer. I don't know. Like I wouldn't, I don't really go to anywhere yeah. else except Target. <laughs> yeah. Target has a lot of like cachet around them because I think, you know, people are like going on my weekly Target run. Yeah. Like that's a thing, yeah. you know, like picked up my Starbucks and now I'm going to like make my way through the aisles of Target. Exactly. And then there's all these um, Instagram and TikTok accounts around Target. So there's a lot of um, creators, influencers who really their angle is like, this is what I bought at Target this week. Mm. And they just show people. And then the people who follow them are like, they want to shop. They're like, tell me what to buy. And yeah. then they're like, I found this, like, I don't know, like, snowman you know like little candle display it's like random items and um it just goes viral so it's yeah. quite fun there's a lot of these types of accounts i'm like target sells like niche items i just never even knew existed you know especially on the holidays like different mm. seasonal holidays there are a lot of like decoration items that are very funny yeah and yeah. I feel like they look nice. I think like there's a level of elegance mm-hmm. or like refinement. Yeah. Design. Like Target. Yeah. 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 They're cool. I think they're really yeah. cool. Like how, what can you talk about like the structure of the part? Like how did they like bulk order to put in the store? Or like how does that work? So all the retailers work wholesale. 
you know, okay. so I would say they're, they're all the same. Like they all yeah. work, work wholesale and then they'll just like pick the items, you know, so they'll work with you. They're like, which items, which are your best sellers? You, you order, they order bulk, you know, and it just depends on if you're kind of doing like seasonal business. So sometimes they just want to do stuff for the holidays or around like, I don't know, Mother's Day or certain, you know, Halloween, like it depends on the holiday or if they want to do like year round business. So it's like, we want to bring you in. We're going to give you space on like this shelf. You have to deliver certain sales targets, you know, because if you're not performing, they could give it to someone else. You know, they do have sales targets for the brands, mm. you know, and especially for indie brands, you need to make sure you're investing into marketing. Before we launched in Target, I talked to a founder friend who was like a year ahead of me, like she'd already launched in Target. And she was like, I think we might get discontinued because like stuff isn't going well. Like we're just not uh. selling well. And I was like, well, what would you do differently? She was like, my main problem was we didn't have any brand awareness. Like we hadn't really started okay. marketing. And so that was a really good learning. If you'd asked me like five or seven years ago, we'd just be like, give us the order, like the purchase order. And then great, you know, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll do a little marketing push. But, you know, these days I'm like, okay, we've got to be ready. We cannot fail. You know, mm. it, it's called sell through. So sell in is what you sell into them. Like they, maybe they order, you know, I don't know, a thousand pieces or 5,000 pieces, but sell through is their retail sales, sell out, sell in and sell out or sell through. So it's really important to make sure you're hitting their sell through targets and, you know, performing as they would expect or more, you know, and also these days, a lot of the retailers want brands that have communities which is why it's great to like, you know, talk to you. And I think like these communities, like the nail community or the beauty community, retailers really want brands that have communities, you know, mm. because then they're like, okay, I'll give you shelf space, but I know that you're going to bring people in, you know, and 10 years ago, it wasn't like this 10 years ago. So we're in Sephora in France. And like when okay. we launched there and we have a team on the ground that manages that, it was like really different. It was like, we got shelf space. We didn't do that much marketing. There was a little bit. But then Sephora was so famous, you know, I mean, they are very famous in all the markets they're in. But in France, it's like, they are everywhere. They're the main retailer. I mean, they're a okay. French brand. And, you know, if you're there, it's kind of like, you get visibility because they have so many people coming in and so many loyal shoppers that if you're on their shelf, you'll get seen and people will buy. So back in the day, it was like, just get into the store and you can like okay. ride their their coattails to success, you know? But yeah. these days I'm like, it is completely not like that. Like you are expected to bring in shoppers, to bring in traffic. We're very fortunate that we've had like all these like kind of viral TikTok videos and Instagram reels and whatnot, um, either through our organic, our team is making or our, you know, creator community has made. And these are great things to show the retailers because we're like, hey, look at this like viral video that got X, you know, millions of impressions. And they love seeing that because mm. and then sometimes we'll do stuff that like that's like, hey, get this color at Target or get this color at Ulta. And they really love that because we're driving awareness and we're, we're like telling people where they can get it. So it's been really interesting because it's very on the brand to help drive in traffic and sales, you know, okay. and that's very much the expectation these days. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have guessed that. I think I was yeah. more thinking of what, how you said, like in France for Sephora, it's like, oh, we just get into Target and like, everything's great. <laughs> Things will sell. Yeah. And you know, 10 years ago, it was like that. These retailers have a lot of brands to choose from yeah. also. 
everyone. So it is really competitive. Everybody is in on this type of business. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious, like, do you dig into like the demographics and sort of the analytics of your audience? And, you know, I guess there's a, there's certain information on Instagram you can see. Yeah. I think I probably could do more, but like, I definitely look at what's performing the best and like Mm -hmm. what types of videos, but I think it is changing. Like it was very like quick. That's kind of like how I rose and like started was like very quick videos Mm -hmm. and now like that pool nails or like something a little bit like a little more complex are doing really well for me so now Mm -hmm. i'm like okay now i need to like kind of do that a little bit more but i think it's very i mean like i mostly have women in like early Mm -hmm. 2030s like us but then also i think brazil is really big and like manicures and things i don't know if you they love nails yeah but also the brazilian manicure have you seen this What's the Brazilian manicure? Don't look it up. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm immediately no, going like, to look it up. <laughs> they put polish all over their skin, like up in the mm-hmm. cuticle, like everywhere. And then okay. they take like a wooden stick with like cotton and then we'll clean mm-hmm. it off after. So there's like no cuticle line, but it just looks painful to like scrub your skin and like under the cuticle. Mm-hmm. So then I will get comments from like Brazilians. Um, okay. That are like, you didn't paint the full nail because I leave a little like cuticle line. That's how the Mm -hmm. North American manicure is. You don't touch (laughs) the skin. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh my goodness, so curious. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also like, how would that work with gel though? Like, you're not really supposed to put it on your skin. Like, you're trying not to. Yeah. I mean, we have that little cuticle stick that's included. So then we also say, like, you don't want to cure the gel onto your skin because then it can like peel off. You want to clean it up. So just, you know, clean it up before you dry it. That's like with any like polish. I'm like, how if it's on your skin, it's gonna chip. Like that's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they seem they make it work. So I don't know. I need to like I should like do a trip down to Brazil and like <laughs> get my nails done to see what it's all about. You should. You should. And you <laughs> that should would do be content fun. about that so yeah. you can follow along. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So you need a Brazilian nail brand to sponsor mm. you. Yeah, like, no, I know. I'm like come behind <laughs> the scenes. Yeah. I don't know of any Brazilian nail brands, but that would be a fun something to follow <laughs> yeah i feel like you have the cutest branding like all the little packaging Aww, and like all the things you. all the like pr packages i'm like i feel like you guys Aww. have the best pr packages at the moment that's so nice <laughs> like there's you. always little extra things in there it's so fun to hear it from your perspective you know because i'm not working on the pr packages now i think the team is they're really self-sufficient and very creative every time we launch colors there are collections and they have themes so then we try to like build things around the theme. So we just launched the Rue de Paris trio. So it's a Paris theme. So all the photo shoot was like croissant and like cafe. And, you know, they did some fun stuff. There was like this cool French looking book. Um, and then like, I don't know, like a cafe chair. So they were really able mm-hmm. to style it. And then I think like when we build the PR packages, just kind of theming it out, you know, and just like finding little things that represent yeah. that. So, but even just but like, thank you. That's yeah. Fun. yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but like also even just like the design of like, there was like that new like toolkit that was like the nice little pouch and like other, Aww. like the pedicure big macaron lamp like how what's that design process like like are you like in there like be like we need this lamp like i need this to be like whatever are you like let the experts design this and just give your critique 
Yeah. So I do work quite heavily on product development. We call it NPD, a new product with our NPD team. Um, I'm very involved in that. Um, And the people that are on that team. So Francois is on that as well. And then we have um, a couple of people, Louise and Conchi, they've been working with us for many, many years. Like they used to live in Shanghai. And so this, it's kind of like the OG team that's kind of doing the product development because a lot of us have traveled together. We go to exhibitions. We see our suppliers. So it is a collaborative process. And new products could really come from anywhere. Colors aside, because colors, we look at fashion week and what's okay. coming. I mean, we have to develop them quite far in advance. But we're usually like, when is the next fashion week done? So we can like get that information and start to mm-hmm. like do development. So new products, it can really come from anywhere. Like we look at the calendar and we're like, okay, during the calendar year, what are months? We definitely know we want to launch certain products and we'll plug in stuff. Sometimes we have meetings with our retailers and they're like, Hey, we'd love to see this kind of thing. You know, and we're like, Oh, interesting. So then we'll take it back to the team. We keep an eye out on trends or maybe like our, our team, like our social team, see stuff on TikTok. They're like, hey, we're seeing a lot of this. Should we do something around that? So we started organizing like quarterly meetings with the, the greater team where we're like, hey, this is what we're um, making from, N- from the NPD team and just keeping everyone updated. So you have like your customer service people are there. You've got your like sales teams, your logistics, like everyone kind of comes into a room and then we show everything coming down the like in the pipeline but then they'll raise ideas they're like hey like we're seeing this like what do you think about that should we make xyz you know so it can really come from anywhere i want to talk about qvc you are on qvc (laughs) right oh that's so funny yeah that's not something i expected to be asked yeah um qvc oh my god that was like 2018 2019 but like literally Um, (laughs) i feel like that's that's so like that's very funny You know, after I did my QVC show, Mm -hmm. I was very proud of myself because it was the biggest milestone personally and professionally I'd ever accomplished. But I also burst into tears on the train back to New York afterwards because it didn't go well. And it's, um, yeah, QVC, it's so interesting. I mean, that was, we had, it was a the previous life of our brand, you know, back in 2018, it was so long ago. But um, yeah, QVC is interesting because if you do the show, they train you. So you have to like go to their, um, I think it's like Westchester, Pennsylvania. They put you through like a one day training, um, you know, because they have like just like millions of people watching their shows. So they're going to put you on air. (laughs) Um, Yes, but like they do. But I think it's like their average age is like 60 or 70 years old. And they're trying to go for like the 50 and 40 year old audience. Last I heard. They also have HSN, which is their sister thing. And HSN goes a little bit younger. So I do think home shopping, TV shopping does have a big base. You know, Mm -hmm. it's maybe not us, but I think there are people doing it. And then they're like watching it. And maybe they want to buy gifts for their grandkids or their, you know, family members. So yeah, like I think QVC, um, you go there, they train you and, um, you know, they'll place an order, but it's consignment. So uh, you are pre-producing lots of quantity that they then give you a spot on air and you have seven minutes to sell X, you know, literally it's like your productivity per minute, your dollar sales per minute. 
it's very high pressure, you know, and yeah. especially as a brand, it's your inventory. So they consignment, like they're not buying it. It's yours. You have to prepackage it for them. So, you know, like uh, they want like these two items and you're putting it into a brown box and labeling it and then shipping thousands of these to their warehouse. And then if it doesn't sell, you know, it comes back to you. And then like, what do you do with that? You may not have another channel to, to resell it. So that was, um, it was very interesting. I was like very proud of myself because I was like, I think I did a really good job on air. I mean, I was nervous, but like, it seems good. You know, like the whole presentation was good. Um, it came across, I wasn't like choking over my own words visibly. Yeah. Like it just looked decent. Um, but the sales just weren't what they needed to be, you know? Um, and then they, it was very, I was very upset. And, um, but, you know, I think it's also the type of audience, you know, cause maybe they weren't going to buy this but for themselves, right? Like yeah. if you're selling skincare, I think what does really well in QVC is like skincare, especially stuff like, you know, cause the age is like 60 and 70 years, years old. If you're doing like, um, mature skin, you know, or like very yeah. like science-based technological products. Um, but for us, you know, a gel manicure set, I don't think this audience wants to do that at home. Is she going to buy it for, you know, the grandkids or the teenagers? There was some of that, but not as much as we'd hoped. So, um, yeah, I was really sad after it. I called Francois. I was like leaving Pennsylvania to go back to New York. And he was like, it's great. And I was like, no, it's not. Uh. Like, now we have all this inventory. And like, I did everything I could, but. And you know, it happens, right? Like yeah. when you, you know, but it was great to get the opportunity. And then they how were do very, you, um, how do you get the opportunity? <laughs> like, how did you get into that? So, yeah. I mean, the way I met them was there is an exhibition in Bologna, Italy every okay. year. It's Cosmoprof. So you might've heard oh. of Cosmoprof in Vegas, which is like a beauty expo. Okay. It's every year in Vegas. I think it's in July. They do one in Italy as well. And Italy is like huge. It's like much bigger. So all the QVC buyers, like from US, Japan, France, Italy, mm. um, I don't China, they were all together on a panel. And then they sent out an email. They're like, hey, if you want to pitch QVC, you know, any indie brands, you could like submit. So we got selected. I pitched like, you know, a room full of people. And our type of product is really good for home shopping because you demo. You're like, yeah. and then there's this thing, and then there's this, and then you're painting. Yeah. So um, they liked the type of product for that medium. And so everyone was really excited. And the products are very cute. So like on air, it's very like right. different and cute. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, the ultimate result was like not what I wanted, but, um, but it's okay. You know, like you learn. Yeah. And they, you find that out immediately too, cause it's live, right? You're seeing the sales. So usually what okay. they do is, um, you have, let me think. So I didn't have an earpiece, but you're um, next to the presenter and they are getting fed the sales data. So they're talking, but part of what they do is like, and then we just sold another 500 units and very limited stock left. So they're kind of like coming out with info that they're being fed. And then when you finish your segment, you go back to the green room. So in the green room, you'll see like people who do QVC regularly. So like Laura Merc Mercier, Mercier, like she was there. Do you know that brand? It's like a makeup brand. No, Laura no. Geller. 
Do you know? Anyway, Laura Geller. I don't know makeup. <laughs> I only know. Yeah. Nails. <laughs> so she's kind of, anyway, she's okay. like been around for ages. Yeah. But she still goes like herself on QVC. Okay. And so she was like talking to me and I was like, that's really funny. Like I've heard her name, you know, like she yeah. has a brand. So um, yeah. And then you go back to the green room and then they have like the lot, the screen. And then you just have like lines of like all the different brands, what time they go on, how much okay. they sold. You actually see all the brands sales oh. that are before you, after you. So that's also nerve wracking because then you've got people coming back off their segments and they're like high fiving. Yeah, he did great. Because then you see they have live um, stream, right? So you, there's like people gathered there, they're watching, other brands are waiting their turn. So people like high five. And then I'm like alone. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know how to read the data. I was like, I think this is bad. And then it was just like, <laughs> kind of like sad. And then I was like, but is it bad? I can't even really tell. So then yeah. I left and then um, fortunately they invited me back. They were like, okay, so you have a lot of inventory still. Um, why don't you come back? And I was like, all right, great. This is another shot to just like sell more stuff. And then, um, so I did another show and it went that, that show actually just the format went better. I think mm. my vibe with the presenter went better. My vibe with the first presenter like wasn't good, um, but the second one was good. So um, yeah, it was a very interesting experience. Um, definitely didn't expect you to ask me about this. Oh. Like, this was like so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was scrolling down far your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like circa like 2018. I guess what advice do you have for people starting out? Like what do you, would you do things differently if you were starting now? You know, what you're doing, which is building a community is probably... The one thing I would say, you know, if you don't have much money, but let's say you have time, right? Mm -hmm. um, and building a community is like step by step, follow by follow. You know, mm -hmm. It really is like, <laughs> it is, it is a, it is slow, a, yeah. it is yeah. a slow burn, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. like, yes, you can try to make videos that go viral and try to crack it. And, but um, the early build takes time, you know? So I would say that might be the number one thing I would recommend is like building a community. And, you know, you have a lot of like influencers who start brands, you know, like lifestyle influencers and they create brands because then you have like a built-in community of people who mm. they may not buy it right away, but they're captive, you know, and yeah. they'll talk about it. So, um, but it's, you know, these days it's, it's so much harder. Like I see new brands now. And I don't want to like discourage people, but I'm like, would I do this again? Like knowing what the market is today. Cause when we first started, okay. So like 2015, I mean, there was not Instagram in the manner that it exists today, nor TikTok, the Facebook, iOS, Apple, iOS, you know, like Facebook ads that basically, I don't know, was that like a year and a half ago when the algorithm changed? I mean, it was so easy for brands before, like you just pour money into Facebook and Instagram ads. Mm. And if you got good return, just keep on going. You don't have that available anymore. So then you have to do much more diversified marketing, you know, and then you can't not do things like you can't not do Facebook ads. You still have to do uh. it, but it doesn't give you as much information. So whereas before it's just like converting and bringing you money and like the better your ads are, the more money you make that doesn't work like that anymore. So mm. you still have to do it. You can't really see as much, but then it's got to be combined with your email marketing and then your influencer marketing and then your own organic stuff that you do. And mm. if you're doing organic, you probably are doing, I don't know, Instagram, TikTok, maybe YouTube, Facebook. I mean, there's so many platforms, Pinterest. So it's a lot of platforms to manage. So then you need a team. 
but if you have a good community, that's a really good place to start. Mm. So, but it is a different world now. Yeah. No, I would like that. Cause like also what you were saying about like being in target or like these retailers and they want you to have a community as well. Like mm-hmm. that is, I didn't, I realized that. But um, yeah, I think also what's interesting just as I look at the creator community, I think like followers and, and fans, they really want to know more behind the scenes. They just want like more, I don't know, personal info. Yeah. BTS. Real How life. are you? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, even like when I listen to your interviews, I'm like, you're very funny. You know, yeah. I think that your personality, <laughs> I'm like, it'd be really fun to get it. Like if I come here, like, what we should do is probably get a drink together. I'm like, yeah, that would for be sure. fun, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so that your personality comes out. And I think that's, you know, people listen for these things. Like they listen for, you know, it's like entertaining, right? And you feel like, you know, I feel like I know, it's so funny because I've been watching, I've been, I try to watch on um, YouTube. It's so different when you see people, mm. you know, and how people are kind of, so when you popped up, when we started the, the interview, like on oh. Zoom, I felt like I knew you, which is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so, I mean, like now I feel like I know you too. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely get a drink. Like, let's do this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'll come to Spain. Yeah. Like I want to. Yeah. Yeah. We I don't need to meet in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be back in Europe, honestly, but <laughs> No, I like that is, I mean, that's the goal of the podcast, right? Is to like create more of a community and like make these brands too, like accessible. Like people, I mean, I've, you've been on a few podcasts, but I'm guessing people probably may have not heard that or maybe don't watch QVC mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> don't know too yeah. much about you. So it is nice to hear about your story and running the brand. Well, thank you again. Everyone is probably already following Lemme Macaron, <laughs> but please do. I always like tell people, especially in that like pool nails video, they're like, I, I'm like, I can't get it to work. I'm like, you need Lemme Macaron. That's the key. And I'll, it's like so easy too. Cause I'm just like, they have it at Target. Like, there you go. Like, I think there is something different about shopping something in person versus online that like not yeah. every brand has, which does make it, I like it. Like I, I do actually like pick up a little Lemonacaron mm-hmm. when I'm there sometimes and just like it feels nice. Mm-hmm. So people like to be able to walk into a store and buy yeah. something, you know, that tangible, the physical aspect. Yeah. So it's really nice. And thank you for um those pool nails, our whole team there was about those pool nails because we were sending that to each other. We're like, <laughs> okay. these pool nails. And it was yeah. talking about LMM. So thank yeah. you for sharing that and, and doing that design and um, supporting us. Um, so it's been really great to talk to you. I feel like I know you so well now. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I do actually have a discount code with Lemony Macaron, Abe15, but I'll save you some money. What do you guys think? Do you like hearing the brand side? Do you like hearing the back end of heading into Target presenting on QVC? It's definitely a world I'm less familiar with, but I'm definitely interested in learning more. So let me know your thoughts, questions, opinions down below. Thanks again to Le Mini Macaron for being on the pod. And now for some comments. Polish and Bloom says, He's so talented. <laughs> I'd like to pretend she's talking about me, but <laughs> she's talking about bug nails from our last episode. Polish Labrat says, if someone were to watch this episode, would they be blessed with some of Jimmy's talent asking for a friend? <laughs> I replied, if someone were to interview Jimmy, does that count as extra points? <laughs> <laughs> she said yes. MCM doesn't says 
you know you're making it online if randos both don't understand what you're doing and feel they need to yell at you about it. <laughs> Talking about all the hate comments that Bug gets on some of his crazy nail art. Exactly. I know when a video is starting to do well because I will get hate comments. <laughs> but like I said, it's all engagement. So if you'd like to leave me a hate comment, or a nice comment, <laughs> please do it down below. You can leave me a review, five stars, anywhere you get your podcasts. I won't see you next week because it's Thanksgiving here in the United States. But I will see you the week after for our regularly scheduled programming.